Phil, that was uh, Franz Bedcalf, uh, really brilliant guy, well-educated, uh, very insightful. And, and I still have a lot of questions. It, it's a very interesting uh, subject. When is, uh, is one, you know, when is one taking from a, another culture or another tradition inappropriately? And, and it's, it's a really mixed bag, you know? I, I mean, let me ask you a question. If, if a, um, somebody who is Korean, I, I actually know a Korean gentleman who sings Italian opera brilliantly. Is that inappropriate? Exactly. I mean, look, nobody um, complains when we we borrow from one another technology or art forms, right? Foods. We all celebrate. I mean, every culture is done. They this has probably been going on. You know, ever since you know the guys in Cave Twenty Six met the guy, <laughs> the people in Cave Twenty, you know, eighty. It, it, there's an exchange, and so. But when it comes to spiritual or religious things, people, you know, it gets more. It, it's a funny thing, I had cultural appropriation. I mean, uh, I, I grew up and I used to love to go to the Jewish deli. You probably like to go to the Italian deli. Were we doing something oh, wrong? I, I hate it. I I loved my Italian food. I I loved it all. I mean, it was. It, but is there was there something inappropriate? Was I taking from another culture no, the way that no. I should? See, that's the thing. But when it comes to things that are held sacred, that really give deep meaning to life, as opposed to, you know, I always I always talk about in in the context of American Veda. Um, you know, what's appropriate that we took from India and, and transformed right. it. And I always have to point out that some of the teachers we, we most venerate, Yogananda, Maharishi, right. all these people, they adapted their own right. cultural... I, I know from my own background in TM that there were, I was told that there were people in India who felt you're letting these white guys or these people from the West, white or black or whatever, women... <laughs> to do a puja, to teach these ancient techniques. It should only be for monks. It should only be, so that, that sort of, that, that's the sort of thing that, uh, you know, makes makes one wonder. You know, I, I, I don't know, and I could see that. I mean- um, But no one cares if a, if a, if a white guy, uh, you know, learns the sitar. Right. Or, or you know, enjoys Mulligatani soup. Yeah. Well, once again, it, it, religion is the big divider. Yeah. It's the thing that, that, that makes people upset, that people uh, take, um, you know, I, I know that there are people within Hinduism that probably think that uh, uh, a lot of the meditation from Hindu tradition has been secularized, and that's wrong. Yeah. Uh, and, and from what we heard today from Franz, uh, probably a lot of Buddhists. Uh, field, it's this mindfulness, it's totally secularized. What are they doing? So I can, I can understand that. At the same time, Franz made a wonderful point. Is it wrong that there are tens of millions of people now that are probably enjoying their lives more yeah. because they, they, they're practicing this technique? Where yeah. do you draw the line and who has the authority to draw that line? Same thing with the two of us. Yeah. One of the things I like to point out is it's inevitable. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, cultures are always going to borrow something useful 
and then adapt it to their own ways. And some people will adapt it with respect. Right. And some people will trash it. And that's the way it is. You well, know? well I, I think part of it, too, is if you give respect to and homage to the tradition that I got this from, you know, this isn't for me. You could have some psychologist come along. Remember Herbert Benson, Dr. Benson? Of course. Uh, he basically took TM and, and secularized it. And I think a lot of people felt that he didn't give homage to where it came from and centering prayer, same sort of thing. So that, that um, you know, uh, that, that, uh, that upsets people. On the, other, on the other hand, there were people that probably uh, benefit from, from all of these things that, uh, uh, you know, that, that, the, that weren't paid homage to appropriately. So there's a, it's not an easy question to answer. No, it's not. And Franz is a scholar. He's, he's a scholar and he's a scholar of these phenomena. And he knows how complex it is. And uh, look, you know, when I talk about this stuff in the, uh, in the Hindu or yoga context, I always say a lot of this is inevitable. And you, we have to be very careful in distinguishing what's inappropriate from what is a useful form of adapting teaching so they become more accessible to more people. But at the same time, people who care about the traditions need to be vigilant. Right. And, and even you, even the two of us have been critical of, say, yoga, maybe yoga journal or some uh, types of yoga and where it's just really like, hey, get your body ready for the beach. Here we come, you know. Hey, wait a second. These, these postures, these yoga asanas were developed for, for you to become enlightened. To, to have it. So this, you know, I could, you know, people get outraged by that. We, we've been critical, or at least I have, of that sort of thing. On the other hand, you know, if that's what people want to do, if that's where they want to start, that's fine too. And, and I know American Buddhist teachers, teachers of mindfulness, just as I know yoga teachers and teachers of yoga-based meditation, that are treading the fine line between making it, you know, the, the Sanskrit term is upaya. It's skillful means. So you, you teach to the level that the student can accept. So if somebody just wants to look better or reduce stress, you can't deprive them of teachings that will affect them. But you can at the same time let them know there's more to it. And that's that's what a lot. And, and that of happens everywhere. Just thinking, I was speaking to a friend of mine who is a uh, he's he's Jewish. He's very orthodox. And when I was talking to him about the Kabbalistic tradition and how it's become popular, he really rolls his eyes. He goes, "People are studying this out of the context of where it should be studied. This is an advanced study if you've done this, 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 and this." But on the other hand, there are people that that that, that take these courses and feel like it's, you know, changed their life. Yeah, and if you're really orthodox, then only certain people at certain times, at certain ages, could right. have access to those things. Certain, so, certain you know, When do you democratize? Right. I mean, I, I, you know, I wrote this Life of Yogananda. He did that. He democratized right. a, a, a tradition that in India was taught from one guru to one disciple. And he made it, he, he used right. technology to make things more available to more people. 
So did Maharishi, so did Vivekananda, so did Satchitananda and Muktananda. They all did the same right. thing. And in the Zen tradition, the 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 Suzuki, uh, they weren't related, but both guys named Suzuki who brought, you know, popularized Zen and some of the others, you know, they made their conscious choices to make the teachings of accessible to more people. I have, I have one last question for you, Phil. And that is, you mentioned you could bring somebody on that would give the, <laughs> uh, give argument to what Fran said. What would they say, those folks? Oh, they were, I, you know, there's a lot of people with, I know this, Franz knows more, but I know there's people who, uh, there's a, there are people who would defend just teaching in the usual right. way, teaching individuals right. to awaken. That's their job. And all the other stuff about, you know, access and um, pluralism and race and color and all the rest they don't think of that as, you know, appropriate, you know, necessary things to think about in the context of teaching Buddhism, which is about becoming awakened. And they would say, you know, I can't, I can't put my, I can't pay attention to that stuff. It's what it is. I open my doors and whoever comes, comes. And then they would, they would say that. And I know in academia that there are people who defend, uh, what Franz was reacting against. Right. They think, you know, their job is to study the... And, and I, by the way, I thought he gave a fair and balanced approach. And yeah. All right, well, All great right, one. Man. Okay. So See, next time, man, please, please, I think it's over here. Subscribe. Please hit the subscribe button, uh, whether you're listening to the podcast or actually watching us. And we're getting uh, more and more subscribers and it's more and more fun. And hey, uh, Keep listening and, and email us if you have any ideas. Yes, or and please, if you if you listen to a uh, one of our shows and you like it, please share it on social media. Yes, that's spread a great. The, spread the word. The word tell your friends to subscribe, and if you can spare a contribution so we can uh, continue to uh, upgrade and all that. Or if you have any great ideas for how talk.com go there and. Okay. Till next time. Next time.